0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Tay Talks Positivity. This is your girl Tay, ready to help you get your week started with some positive vibes and good energy. Now, if some of you have been following me on Facebook or Instagram, you'll see that I've been, you know, praying or trying to decide how to go about Continuing with the podcast, then the one thing I did want to try to do was basically Bible talk. So I want to be able to show people my age and younger, or even older people anybody who has never sat down and actually read the Bible that reading the Bible can actually be fun. It doesn't have to feel like a chore, it doesn't have to feel like an obligation or that you're forcing yourself to do something that you don't want to do. Now, before I even get into it, I'm about to tell y'all now I'm not no preacher nor do I consider myself to know everything there is to know about the Bible. So I don't want y'all to get this confused with a Bible study that you might have with your pastor or minister or me trying to interpret the Bible. From a professional standpoint, the purpose of Bible Talk is to just show y'all how reading the Bible for me was fun and to hopefully make it fun for somebody else to be able to get into reading the Bible as well. So it's just going to be me talking about what I read in the Bible every week and be able to hopefully get somebody else to pick up the Bible as well. Now, every week at the end of the episode, I'm going to let you all know what you can read up on, what I'll be reading to get you ready for the following week's discussion. I'll even post a picture on social media so you know what will be covered every week. And it, it, it'll actually even break it down into chapters that you can read throughout the course of the week. So you don't feel like you're cramming so much into one day. Like I said, it's not going to feel like a chore. It's not going to feel overwhelming. It will actually make it a whole lot easier for you to get through the Bible in one year. So that's our goal. Now, growing up in church, I was used to hearing Um, the King James version of the Bible. And honestly, (laughs) I barely understood what it was saying back then, which is part of the reason why when I was younger, I thought that reading the Bible was boring. When I started recently reading the Bible again, I started off with the NIV, the new international version, and found it was a lot easier for me to comprehend what I was reading. But, Now I'm reading the CSB version, the Christian standard Bible, and it is so much easier to understand and follow along with what I'm reading. I actually ordered the She Reads the Truth Bible that Shamira showed me, and I have to tell y'all I love it. It comes with introductions to what each book of the Bible is going to be about. It has daily devotionals throughout it if for you to read. And each devotional gives you a set of scriptures to read along with it. Then at the beginning of each book, it gives you a week-to-week outline of how many chapters to read during the week to help guide you so that you can read the Bible within a year. It also gives you some other scriptures along with those weekly reads that you can read if you want to dive deeper into what you're already reading. Plus, there's so much more that this Bible has. They also have a version called He Reads the Truth for the Men, if you guys are thinking about purchasing a new study Bible. When Shamira had initially showed it to me, it was on the TikTok store, but I ordered mine from Amazon. I think I spent about $30 for the Bible itself. Then I, I bought the, the book tabs to go along with it and some highlighters and pens. But I would highly recommend it for anybody who's currently searching for a new or a good study Bible. But enough of all the introduction. Let's get started. And what better place to start off than in the beginning with the book of Genesis. Genesis is what lays the foundation for everything else we're going to read in the Bible. It lets us know where we came from, how we fell, and what God started to do on our behalf. Now, in the book of Genesis, we will be able to get a better understanding of God's covenant with Israel, with the giving of the law and how understanding that law, we are able to see how desperately we needed Jesus to save us. Now, we all know that first line of the Bible. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now, we all know that it took God six days to create the heavens and the earth. And on the seventh day, when he had finished what he had made and he was happy with everything, he rested on that seventh day. He declared the seventh day to be holy because that was the day he rested from everything he created. This is why Sunday is are considered the holy day or the day of Sabbath. Which if God considered it a holy day, then why is everybody working on Sundays? Let my job try me (laughs) and I will tell them that my dad said, I have to rest. I can't do Sundays. (laughs) But seriously, after God rested on the seventh day, he decided that he wanted to create man. So the next time you call your baby daddy, dusty, tell him, go to Genesis two and seven and prove to him that God created him from dust off the ground. God, Created Eden and everything in it and placed Adam in the garden after he created him. When he placed him there, he told him that he was free to eat from every tree in the garden, but he was not to eat from the tree of knowledge, the tree of good and evil. And he warned Adam that the day that he ate from the tree, he would be sure to die. Then God felt like it wasn't good to leave Adam in the garden alone. So he figured he would make him a helper. So God created all the animals and had Adam name them. But after all of that, he still saw that there was no helper for him out of everything he had created. And even then God knew that man could not do it without the help of a woman. So I took one of Adam's ribs and created the woman. Now in chapter two, verse 23, Adam says, this one at last is bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. This one will be called woman for she was taken from man. Now, Let's make a mental note that Adam and Eve was in the Garden of Eden and they were both in their birthday suits. Yes, but booty naked. But neither one of them didn't care or feel any type of shame. Now, in chapter three, the serpent shows up and looked at Eve and asked her if God really told her that she wasn't able to eat from every tree in the garden. Eve told the serpent that they were able to eat from every tree in the garden except the one in the middle, referring to the tree of knowledge. Eve told the serpent that they wasn't supposed to eat or touch anything from the tree because if they did, like God told Adam, they was sure to die. And then here come the serpent, basically telling Eve that God was lying and that she wouldn't die if she ate from the tree and that if she did eat from the tree, that her eyes would actually open up and she would be more like God. Now, when I was reading this part of the story, it made me think about how sometimes there are people that we think are supposed to be there for us or our friends. And we think that they won't have us out here doing things that would end up hurting us in the long run. But this story made me think of how that's not true. Eve knew she wasn't supposed to touch the fruit from the tree, but the serpent knew exactly what to say to get her to do what she knew she wasn't supposed to do. Of course, Eve, being all gullible, and dumb and easily persuaded going to look at the tree like "Mm, that fruit do look good and she wanted the wisdom that would come from eating it so she went and took some of the fruit and ate it and then she goes over to Adam who ain't even think twice before he ate it once they both ate the fruit Just like the serpent had said, their eyes were open and they realized they was both naked. Then they both tried to go and run and put together some fig leaves to try to make an outfit to cover themselves up because now they were embarrassed. And then here come God. And they tried to run and hide. God called out to Adam, asking him where he was at. Adam came out and said, I heard you in the garden, so I ran because I ain't have on no clothes. God asked him who told him he was naked. And then he asked him if he had eaten from the tree. And just like a typical dude, Adam snitched on Eve and told God, she gave me the fruit, so I ate it. God looked at Eve and asked her, what did she do? And she told him that the serpent basically tricked her and she ate the fruit from the tree. Now they had pissed God off at this point. So he told the serpent that because he did, it would be the most cursed of all livestock. And he told Eve that he was going to intensify her labor pains and that her desire would be for her husband, but her husband was going to rule over her. Then God told Adam, since you decided to listen to your wife, now you won't be able to eat without putting in that work. He cursed the ground and told Adam that he would have to work for what he ate from that day on until the day he died. Now, could you imagine what the world would have been like If when the serpent said what it said to Eve, but instead of eating from the fruit, she acted like she had some kind of sense and never touched the tree of knowledge like God told her to. God had given Adam and Eve everything they needed, all the food they wanted to eat, and the only thing they had to do was follow the one rule, not to eat from one tree. And they couldn't even follow that one rule. And in the moment when they broke that rule, they had committed the first sin and ended up getting kicked out of Eden. Now, when we get to chapter four, it starts the story of Cain and Abel. Now, I did know bits and pieces of this story before reading it again recently, but What I didn't know was that Cain and Abel were the sons of Adam and Eve. And I knew that one had killed the other. And in reading, I found out that Cain was jealous of Abel because God basically favored Abel in his offering over the offering that Cain had given to God. So one day, Cain told Abel to come out into the field with him and when they went out into the field, Cain attacked Abel and ended up killing him. Then God came and asked Cain, where is your brother? Now, we know God already knew the answer to that, but he wanted to see what, what Cain was going to say to him. Cain's smart mouth told God that he didn't know where he was at and that he had to know to ask ex- God, was he his brother's guardian? So God basically told him that he knew what he had done and that he was going to be cursed for killing his brother. Uh, Now, the mark of Cain, I didn't know where it came from before reading, but it came from God marking Cain so that when other people saw him and saw the mark, they knew not to kill him. Because their punishment would be seven times greater than Cain's punishment. So we're going to fast forward to after that. And the people of the world was out there wowing, right? And God wasn't about the habit. So he decided that he was going to off everybody that was corrupt. And that's when we get to the story of Noah and the ark. Now, I'm going to keep it real with y'all. I don't know how Noah did it because let me tell you, ain't no way I would have been able to stay on no ark that long and chill with Charlotte making her way for her and her man. And then I started wondering, like, why did God have Noah save any kind of bug anyway? Like, let's be for real. Don't nobody want to deal with no roaches, bed bugs, mice and stuff like that? They all should have went down in the flood with everybody else that was acting all foolish. But that's just my opinion. Now, we all know how the rest of the story of Noah's Ark goes. Noah and his family stayed on the Ark until they got the sign of the olive branch that the water had begun receding and it was safe for them to come out. Now, when it was safe for them to come out, God told Noah and his family, go ahead, you can come off. And then he made a promise to them that he would never destroy the world again, the way he had done. He also told him that the rainbow will be the sign of his promise to them from that day on. This is why after it rains, we tend to see a rainbow in the sky. Then God, Gave them some rules to follow and told them to be fruitful and multiply. So Noah was a man that worked the earth. He was a farmer, basically, and he had planted a vineyard. Now, Noah had three sons their names were Shem, Ham, and Japheth. And Ham had a son named Canaan. Now, one night, Noah got turned off the the grapes and and the wine he had made and he ended up in his tent naked and fell asleep. Now Ham had went inside the tent and saw Noah was naked and came outside to tell his brothers. When he told Shem and Japheth that their dad was in the tent naked, Shem and Japheth put on a cloak over their shoulders and went into the tent walking backwards So that they wouldn't see their dad all exposed, and they went ahead and covered him without looking. Now, I don't know who read him out, but when Noah woke up, he had found out what Ham had did. And because of what he had done, Noah cursed his son Canaan, saying that he would be the lowest of slaves to his brothers, and that He was going to be Shem's slave. Now, I couldn't for the life of me figure out why Noah thought to curse his son and not Ham himself. Like, what did his child have to do with him coming in and looking at you naked and telling his brothers? The only thing I could come up with was that maybe Noah wanted Ham to have a son that he was ashamed of, like he felt the shame of Ham. But I don't know. Now, if you know why he decided to curse Canaan, let me know. Clarify it for me because I'm just going off of what I can think of and what I can assume. But fast forward, God realized, looking down, he saw how everybody had multiplied and how everybody was speaking the same language, and how they decided to come together to build a city for themselves. Now, when God saw this, he started thinking that, well, if they plan to do this, all speaking the same language, then there's nothing that they plan to do that will be impossible for them to do. Now, all y'all holier than thou's, don't judge me for what I'm about to say. But what God did next was patty. Don't you know he told his homies, come on, we about to go down to the world and we about to confuse these people with other languages so they won't be able to understand one another. And once he did that, they weren't able to finish building the city, which is known as Babylon. and. At the end of chapter 11, it talks about the family lineage of Shem and Abraham. I'm not going to go through the whole rundown about it. Y'all just remember Abram's name for the next week when we recap the next group of chapters, which are going to be chapters 12 through 22. I already posted online a breakdown of the chapters on my Tay Cooper page on Facebook that we're going to be covering every week and you guys just follow along with that it has what chapters you need to read each day if you want to read all of them in one day that's up to you if you want to break it down like it is broken down on that page then you read it that way but that's where we're going to stop at for this week i want to thank y'all for all tuning into bible talk on the tay talks positivity podcast Make sure you subscribe on whatever platform you listening to because you don't want to miss what's coming next week because I keep telling y'all, it be going down in the B.